Hey y'all, it's the Snake's Paw, and today we have a basic pitch for you. It's gonna be Jack in the driver's seat, and Jack also has some news to share. Stay around till the end of the episode, and we'll share some updates from the world of Tales from the Gas Station. Here we go. But I just realized that when we took a hiatus last year, we should have said we're taking a snake pause. Oh, gosh, we wasted our chance to make that pun. God, oh, well. there really is no regret like a missed pun. That French phrase, esprit de l'escalier, yeah. for, mm-hmm. uh, for good comebacks that you think of on the stairway, I, I truly, I mainly think I think of them for puns. I yeah. think about that one uh, person in our comments for um, one of the uh, heretical basic pitches we did, specifically the one where Jesus and Mary are, are running a long con and we couldn't come up with a good title for it. And someone in the comments that I didn't see for two days was just like all caps, Grift of the Magi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we should have used that. <coughs> well, and like comment sections... Horrible as they are in a lot of ways, they really are a place where like Esprit de l'Escalier can be like revenge, revenge de l'Escalier. <laughs> oh, yeah, for you sure. can come back at any point and you can continue the conversation. You don't have to be clever and fast. You just have to be clever eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of change and internet things, uh, check out that segue. So the uh, the internet landscape is changing dramatically right now, huh? Like Twitter is uh, seems to be going down in, I'm not going to say flames, maybe quicksand. That'd be like a better metaphor for it. For those who don't know, uh, some billionaire no one's ever heard of before bought Twitter, and uh, now people are fleeing. And now there's a concrete alternative to flee to, so. Yes. You know, you, you can go to a different billionaire. That's right. <laughs> Woo. There is also threads, which leads me to this question. Are either of you on threads? No. No, I've seen Good. your <laughs> presence there. Because the pitch I wanted to give to you guys today, uh, I, I already did a little preview of it on threads. Wait, wait, wait. You were an early adopter? I just really wanted to stick it to Musk. So <laughs> I... <laughs> and we just lost three subscribers at least. It's okay. Y'all can go to Twitter and be mad about it. Uh, so a few days ago, uh, I, was, I just had this idea come back to me, one that I had a long time ago, and I just kind of was in an obsessive mood. And I was like, I'm going to start putting this on threads. And then once I kind of poked a hole in the can of biscuits, it all just sort of, poof. I was like, oh, I can get Mappo and Andrew to help me expand upon this and turn this biscuit dough into some cookies. That's, that's a good metaphor. Turn this biscuit dough into some cookies. <laughs> I just caught up. Oof. Going to get in some experimental baking today. <laughs> so this is the beginning of an idea. It all goes back to a very old ghost story that you've almost certainly heard already. I tried to track down the origins of this ghost story because this ghost story has been adapted into several films, uh, comics. Let me just go ahead and give you the, the very basics of it. It's one of the shortest ghost stories you'll ever hear. But the story goes, a dad is tucking his son into bed at night. His son looks up at his dad and says, Daddy, will you check under the bed? because there's a monster under the bed. And the dad says, don't be silly. There's no such thing as monsters. The kid says, well, it just make me feel better if you'd look. So the dad gets down on his knees, looks under the bed, and what does he see? But his son lying under the bed 
His son looks at his dad and says, Daddy, there's something in the bed pretending to be me. And that's where it ends. I'm really stumped when you say that there are movies based on this. Well, there's, uh, I say movies and I'm using that phrase rather generously. I should have said short films. Mm. So uh, I think the longest version that I've seen was uh, maybe like eight or nine minutes. But yeah, it turns out that the story predates the internet. Uh, People are talking about being told the story from their parents when they were kids in the 90s. So uh, as much as I'd love to give credit to the original creator, I think that uh, this this one might just belong to the collective consciousness at this point. Yeah, just folklore. So having said all that, I, for a very long time, probably since the first time I heard this story, I've always thought, well, that's a great lead-in, but then what happens? And everyone just kind of assumes, like, oh, well, whichever kid's the monster is going to attack the dad. But I think it would be great to investigate, what is this dad, What assuming he's a good father, what does he do next? Like, he's not going to run away, right? So he's going to have to be like, okay, both of you, out in the hall now, we got to figure this out. Takes them both <laughs> out in the hall. He's like, all right, come clean. I won't be mad. Which one of you is the imposter? And then if the I kids... I won't be mad. If the kids are both just like, he's the imposter. Like, no, no, don't point fingers. Tell me, are you the imposter? And they're both like, no, no, we're the original. So what is he going to do at that point? You know, I imagine he's got like a wife or a husband, you know. So he goes to his spouse and he's like, hey, I need your help here. And his spouse is like, what? Why are there two of them? I don't know why there's two of them. One of them's a liar and the other is our child. And they're like, well, what are we going to do? You have to be very practical about this. Do you call the police? Do you, do you take them both to the hospital? And uh, I just really, I want to see this as a very long thought out story that takes it to a logical conclusion. And in my thread story, I started just writing scenes from it. Like one of the scenes is going to be, uh, they got to go shopping because now they have twice as many needs for, you know, the real kid and the fake one. And both of them are going to be like, no, that's my toothbrush. No, that's my toothbrush. Like, fine, I got to get two new toothbrushes because I don't want, <laughs> you know, the the wrong kid to be using the wrong toothbrush. And then what? Is he going to probably put together a bunk bed for the two kids? In my head, I have him telling both kids like, okay, well, I can't keep calling both of you Timmy. So you both get to pick a new name. The story that uh, I started posting the threads, the kids decided to name themselves Maximus and Leonidas. So now he's got Max and Leo. He doesn't know which one's real, which one's the doppelganger or the demon or whatever. And he's trying to explain this to like the school principal where the kid goes to school. I love how fast we get away from the idea of even the existence of the original. The original name isn't even there anymore. It's not like we're looking for Timmy and Timmy Prime. It's like, (laughs) it's two new people. Like this, this is moving really fast, potentially in the direction of wholesome family like adoption drama. Yeah, but you don't know which one's adopted. And that's what I, I really love that idea that like, it doesn't matter which one of you technically sprang from my loins. You're both my kids <laughs> at this point. Max and Leo, yeah. you're both my sons. I, it doesn't <laughs> matter which one of you is secretly a demon. Which if the demons game... We're assuming it's just a demon, have, too. Right, right, right. If the monster's game is to have a family, then, like, 
super objective achieved right like minute one because this guy is such a good freaking dad <laughs> that he's just like i'm gonna dad this monster and there you go <laughs> i mean that it's a it's a fast solution and you can have a very like long two hours of denouement i don't care which one of you is a monster hug your brother tell him you love him and go to bed yeah exactly i like the idea <laughs> that this monster is playing the long con but then <laughs> like, just to gets... what end <laughs> but eventually just gets to like being in this family yeah, really so. this is a story about the horrors of having twins <laughs> <laughs> well okay more logistical problems that you don't have with twins is he i'm assuming this happens during summer break so the next year he's trying to enroll them in school and the teacher's like okay well we need the students records you know we need to know what grades he made <laughs> like well one of them made these grades which one I don't know. Can't you just copy and they both have the same? Like, no, that's not fair. One of them didn't earn the grades. We have to figure out which. Oof, they've both got to do like <laughs> remedial testing. That's at least an hour of the movie. Just like, turn it into a montage. Where both of them are doing a like- A test-taking montage is the worst kind of montage. <laughs> oh, this is the multiple choice portion. Ooh, that's what we call it. We call it multiple choice. Oh, God. <laughs> also- Instinctively, you would kind of assume that the monster child, whichever one that was, would have like worse behavior, would be yeah. meaner, would act out more. But I like that idea that you really can't distinguish between them, that the actual child is just as bad as the monster <laughs> child. I love the idea that like they become very defensive of one another, too. Or... I mean, monstering has to be a lonely life, especially if it's always the under the bed thing. You know, it, it really would invite literal upward comparison. You'd get envious enough that one day you lie on top of the bed and, man, that decision shakes out real well. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that you that we stuck to the word monster because you said demon, which could also be an interesting potential branch. But a demon has this sort of intent behind it that works with purpose, whereas a monster is just in it for self-preservation. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so maybe it's essentially like a parasite that is just feeding off of the family. Not eating the family, just eating the food that the family gives it. <laughs> I was like, it eats love. And oh, oh like, my God, it that eats would be... peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> Without it's, the crust, it's specifically. It's like one of those uh, Monsters, Inc. things, but instead of like fear or laughter, like they feed off of love. So yeah. it's like a very specific kind of parasite. It's such a relatable monster. Yeah, man. Yeah. I feed off of love, too. What if it like grows up and it like starts dating and then it like falls in love with someone and then it marries someone and then it's like i don't need my family anymore for love whoa i think we've, we've taken this to just wildly unexplored plot territory <laughs> I can't keep doing that anyway. So uh, the, the other, the way I ended my threads uh, series of scenes. So the last scene I have is they hire a priest to come and like perform an exorcism. And we're like, ah, I'm just going to splash some holy water on both of them. We'll see which one's the, which one's the, the, the real one and which one's the, the demon. And the mom is like, well, hang on, we're going to eat breakfast first. And the dad's like, no, 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 we got to do it first. That way we don't waste food on the demon. <laughs> and then the kids get like real defensive, like, how dare you? He is your child. But of course, were we to continue that, uh, the exorcism of Max and Leo, uh, I imagine that the holy water would not do anything and it would just continue. Like, we don't know 
what the extra child is. Um, we're just going to assume he's a changeling who forgot to do half of his Get job. rid of the other one. <laughs> I like yeah, that idea. <laughs> the holy water gets in everybody's eyes. They're all like blinking and confused for a minute. When they open their eyes, the priest is gone and there's a third copy. <laughs> Imply that this is going to go on forever and we're going to be infinite the, children. The, the monstrous dodecatuplets <laughs> you were saying. Um, I was thinking like structure-wise, I like the idea. So we start with the setup. There's the second child. And then you have like a series of scenes of trying to figure out which is the real child. And slowly they just resolve themselves to the fact that they have another child. And it becomes more just like a domestic drama, I guess. Or sitcom maybe, depending on what kind of tech you want to take. I guess there's going to be the people, uh, and I know this because I would be this person if I were watching this, who's like, well, at the end of the season, you got to tell us what's going on. <clears throat> You can't string us nope. along forever <laughs> lost. So do we answer the question? Uh, I, I feel like with the three of us, Jack, you've just identified yourself as a you have to tell us by the end person. And Mafo, you normally are a like fertile ambiguity person. I'm for sure. Strong <laughs> nodding going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I guess I'm stuck being the tiebreaker. There, there might be a nice uh, middle ground here where we like, here's what's probably happening. Although I will say there is a certain trope in horror movies that I've always hated. And that is that whenever something bizarre and supernatural is going on, there's always that one guy in town who happens to be an expert in this one thing and can explain it all to you at the beginning of the third act. Like You, you go to the old bookstore and they're like, oh, I know exactly what this is. This is a certain bloogity bloog. Yeah, the witcher is passing through. <laughs> well, as a, I guess, a moment of suspense from what we're going to decide about the ending of this thing. I'm curious. I haven't been on threads at all so far. We don't get a lot of like fan input midway through a story normally. So how's it landing? I think I've had um, like six people comment on it. So we're going to call that muted reception <laughs> i think i've had one person uh was like well, which one was real oh you know what i'm at my computer let's go wait no they're not on computers yet you have to use the app wait what really, really oh yeah threads you have to use your phone for it oh there's a scene i forgot to mention where he's uh taking the kids to the grocery store and some woman's like oh how do you like having twins and the dad snaps at her like they're not twins one of them's a demon or a changeling or something we so like Demon, monster, and changeling have all come up. I feel like I don't know what the remedy for changelings back in the day when they believed in changelings was supposed to be. Oh, uh, so of I could get Matt a little Odo's. dark with this. <laughs> so a while back, I read some stories by Sheridan Le Fanu, who was a like a horror writer in the 1800s. Yeah, yeah, like proto sexy vampire. Yeah, kind of yeah, guy. Camilla. He has several stories about like evil fairies ah. and they're really unsettling that is like a wonderful uncanny quality to them but that kind of got me down a rabbit hole there were like instances in like 17 18 1700s 1800s people thought someone was a changeling or had been replaced by a fairy or something like that and there's like an instance where they like drowned a four-year-old child because they thought it was a changeling. Did you come away from those stories with any sense of like what the threat is? It is, it was not totally clear. There's more instances of it. There are two that had a somewhat substantial amount of information on them. One 
was a woman named Bridget Cleary. It's an Irish woman who was murdered by her husband in 1895. She was either immolated or her body was set on fire immediately after her death. Stated motive was his belief that she had been abducted by fairies and replaced with the changeling, which he then killed. And she was an adult. Yeah, she was an, huh. a grown woman. Because I think she disappeared or allegedly disappeared for a period of time and was like behaving strangely when she came back. And then the other one is the young boy, it's Michael Lee. This is uh, this is a real insight into Mafo's life. Mafo has like a saved note with these names in it. And was not just going through his phone for web pages, but for the, <laughs> through the uh, the master archive. So yeah, he was believed. This is 1826, so not like not even that long ago. The other one was 1895. He was believed by some in his community to have been a changeling, and the drowning was the result of an attempt to cure him. Uh, oh, so like, so the idea is like a changeling isn't even a new body. It's like in or at least this time they thought it's like controlling you more possession style. Yeah. And it sounds like his death was probably an accident. So Anne Roche, she was indicted for murder and tried. Uh, she was described as an old woman of very advanced age who said that they should bathe the boy in a particular river every morning. And so they were doing that and they like held him under too long one time and he drowned. Mm. So at this point, it almost seems completely irrelevant that they thought he was a changeling. It was like they went to someone who's like, you need to bathe your baby every day. And then they asked him <laughs> and he died. <laughs> The fact that they thought he was a changeling is just like... Incidental. Incidental, yeah. You should probably wash your child. God, (laughs) isn't that sad that like the real cause of death here is something that actually was kind of a good good idea? idea. (laughs) Although in a stream, I don't know. It depends on what you're downstream of. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so not clear on what the potential harm might be, but clearly is something that they were like very concerned about. So I will say like if this is said in like modern day, it seems like a lot more sensible that they just like have the child and deal with yeah, it. Yeah, and they're both there. Like, yeah. no one's been replaced. Yes, so there's exactly. not so like, there's well, also he's off in, I don't know, the, the, the 12th there corner of hell yeah. somewhere <laughs> that we have to go rescue him. It's like, no, you're it's you're both right land. here. It's, we just, <laughs> your kid just has a plus one for the rest of their life. And, and you know, like, it's not even going to be like for the rest of his life. Uh, at, at this point, they're immediately scoring different grades in school. They might go to different colleges. They might go to the same one. It's, it's up to them, you know. So my understanding of uh, the way changelings worked is a little bit more rudimentary, and <laughs> I, I just imagined it was uh, the Fae or whatever they were was like, I want this child to grow up in a world with science and air conditioning and uh, internet and stuff, so I'm just going to go, when they're not paying attention, I'm going to put you in with a family that's going to take good care of you, I'm going to take their baby, and we'll eat them or something. I don't know. And in my... If we're going to go with that lore, the idea is probably maybe there was a whole bunch of fae. They they pitched in on like a, a Groupon or something. They got one guy that was going to take all the fae babies and drop them off with humans. And then this one guy was like tired. He, he was on like his tent delivery of the night and he gets to his house and he like drops off the fae baby. And he turns around and he's like, oh, which one? Which one was the real one? <laughs> I did too good of a job here. Or better yet, like he just forgot. Like he he had a, a sheet and he accidentally like scratched off the wrong name. And he turned around and the baby crawled out of his sack like on Elf. And <laughs> I don't know. Whatever reason, he just, he was incompetent and he accidentally left the real baby and the fey baby. And if that's the case, then the end of this movie is going to be this gremlin or troll or whatever fey creature coming to the family and being like, guys, listen, hi, my name is 
Grok. Uh, I'm going to lose my job if you don't give me your baby. Or, you know what? Uh, we'll split the difference. You give me the Fae baby, and we'll, I'll just return them. I'll find another family, and the family is going to have to be like, we don't want to help you. We want to keep both of them. Or, yes, we will help you determine which one's the real one. And if they, if they have different names by this time, if we've gotten this far in the movie, if we've gone through the heartstring pulling experience of a test-taking montage, <laughs> like, we are attached to both of these children by now. And that is true of the parents, too. So, like, I vote Grok shows up and then this becomes a fantastical family quest to go and find the other nine human children, release them from captivity wherever they've been put, and give them the joy of being retroactive identical twins. Ooh, okay. Thinking too far ahead here, but the sequel <laughs> is going to be about... Uh, a husband and wife who have divorced and moved to opposite ends of the country and both of them took one of the children and then the children meet at summer camp and they're like, I have a twin. And the parents are like, no, you really don't. But truly turning this from like creepy moment at the beginning to wholesome family drama a little ways in to like Lord of the Rings style modern family adventure to go fetch nine children who we know nothing about <laughs> i'm i'm really excited for this very unusual story shape the idea of like them going on a road trip in a van like a minivan into like the the portal <laughs> to Feyland. oh my god they have to get a bus because they need room for everybody when they come <laughs> back so they like they find out the names of these other kids and you watch them like tape name tags for each of the children and like put a care package on each of the seats and they're all empty at the beginning but they're all gonna fill up by the it's time like it's baker's over. dozen or uh 18 kids and counting or whatever and then, and then uncle grok is just along for the ride uncle grok, who... the redemption of grok is really gonna be like oh, he's yeah. gonna be the dark horse of we're this. gonna have like a zach galifianakis character <laughs> Just like, guys, it's me, Uncle Grok. I know I kidnapped you earlier. <laughs> but I've changed my ways. I don't know what Zach Galifianakis' voice <laughs> sounds like, so I'm off. imitating you, imitating him. Yeah, I'm leaning towards Gilbert Gottfried again. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, I love it. Does it feel like there's enough fertile ambiguity here for you, Mafo, about like, you know, going to hell and fetching nine kidnapped children could be a metaphor for something? Yeah, no, absolutely. You can be a metaphor for like six different things. <laughs> so there's fertile ground. I cannot wait for you to list one. I'm gonna. I'm gonna I really love the hold idea out of doing like a little care package for each child that you've just yes. freed from hell. We we just rescued you from the dimension of damnation. Here are some orange slices. Oh man, the closing of the film because we have just a little bit of time to get attached to each of these kids, but they all they all get to know and love each other in the like in the escape from fairy hell. And then they have to part ways because they all have these families they have to go back to. And so you just see, I don't know, some Celine Dion song is playing or something like that over a montage of like, you see each of the children like lying on the floor under a bed as they are about to bring the shock of their lives to their parents. Mm. So we tease for nine sequels. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Which I think is the smallest number of sequels we've proposed in any of our basic pitches so far. Yeah, uh, I knew you guys could get us there that sounds <laughs> perfect all right so new threads uh thread singular is it a threads this sounds like a whole tapestry that we're, <laughs> that we're putting together here oh uh we should start a thread for snake's paw we could do that yeah. i we're, we're already 
great, as you all know, at keeping up with our other socials. <laughs> Instagram is the well, most active. Mafo is responsible for the Instagram and single-handedly keeps it afloat. It sounds like people should follow the Gas Station Jack threads, though, if they are early adopters like you That's are. That's right. Oh, by the way, to answer the question you asked uh, 30 minutes ago, uh, I went back and checked. There was exactly one response to my thread thing, and that was the, <laughs> the Which One's the Real One by Crime Scenes and Cupcakes, who, by the way, go follow them on threads, too. Very good content on that Crime on that Scenes thread. and Cupcakes. That's a great handle. That is Honestly, the main reason to be an early adopter is you get the username you want. Yeah. That actually might be the thing that pulls me out. Yeah, not- <laughs> um, and real quick before we end, uh, rapid fire, what are we going to call this? Oh, mm. man. Oh, what was you, you had a great title. Multiple choice. Multiple choice. Right, right, right. Yeah. I think that's pretty good. It's going to be hard to top that. We have to stretch out. We have to like make the, the testing thing more than just a montage. Maybe at the very end, like the the kids' scores come in and they're both incredible achievers and they've actually made each other better because they study oh, together that. and they yeah. like talk about things study out buddies. loud. So the one before yeah, was like a buddies. B student and now study buddies. That's a cute title. Too. <laughs> it's um, completely uh, <laughs> it just buries the supernatural <laughs> themes gonna, completely. We're going to disguise the preview. We're not going to show any of the hell scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's, it's a reverse it scary like, Mary. What's this movie about? Something about twins learning to love each other and then the, the movie opens with like the creepy pasta of the kid under the bed that's right <laughs> we're gonna get this thing a g rating <laughs> other titles max and leo max and leo that crossed my mind yeah Once again it's, just completely does not tell you what the movie's gonna be about yeah like, who would think a, a show called max and leo it sounds like a story about a person and their wholesome dog adventure and <laughs> they end up in hell but they come back so it's great i dig it I that, think we could easily go a little too clever with this one. So there's like that. It's like a Macaulay Culkin movie. It's called like The Other Son or something like that. The Good Son. The Good Son. The Good yeah. Son. Ooh. Yeah. So I think maybe something. Not The Good Son. Obviously, the title already problem, taken. The Problem Child, <laughs> <laughs> which is actually also uh, already been taken. Okay. <laughs> I kind of like The Other Son. That one's sort of. Uh, because then you're like, which one is enticing? Oh, we also, God, I mean, if we're going to, so depending on whether it's like fairy hell or like demon <laughs> hell, well, we also do have my brother's keeper. <laughs> Ooh. Well, well okay. Uh, I don't, I don't love Bible yeah. quote as, as the thing, but you know, it's an option. Brief aside, the call ends in under a minute. Mm-hmm. So anyone has anything important to say, say it right now. Go. I love you both. Uh, like, and subscribe our videos. I, oh yeah. That too. <laughs> I love all of you. I, I also love you, Mavo. I love you, Andrew. I love this movie. I love whoever's <laughs> listening to this. We haven't actually oh, ever yeah. run quite this long before. Three, I am going to be two. talking clear through <laughs> to the instant that it... Thanks for listening, y'all. Okay, so I promised you some news. Here's what's going on. Word is, y'all might be appreciators of good audio fiction. And Jack has gotten together with a group of narrators and performers, including some of our friends from over at Creepypod, to do an audio re-release of Volume 1 of Tales from the Gas Station. This is going to be Jack's first book, presented the way we often do our stories here, with a full cast, sound effects, the whole nine yards. You'll be able to find it on Amazon, and they have some say in the release timeline, but we can't give you a specific date. But right now, we're thinking a matter of weeks. 
Facts. So that's the news. You now know everything that we know. And thank you again for joining us in these little brainstorm sessions. I don't know if you noticed, but this one contains maybe my favorite sounds that Jack has ever made. I call this little piece of audio art the life cycle of a bad idea. Ooh. Well. Uh. That's all for this time. See you again soon.